I have a wonderful interview to share with all of you today. A really rich conversation that I shared with my dear friend, Brooke Brassfield, who is a healer for the healer, a licensed clinical therapist, and a spiritual guide. Most of you probably know the saying that you should put on your own oxygen mask first in the plane before helping anyone else. And I feel like this conversation dives really deeply into that concept. Essentially, Brooke's work is all about learning how to be devoted to ourselves before we devote ourselves to others. So she works with a lot of people who are focused on healing others, people like therapists, coaches, parents, yoga instructors, nurses, energetic healers, doctors, and she supports these people with taking their own energy and power back so that they can approach their work from a place that feels really full instead of constantly running on empty while they're trying to help other people. And I used the term devoted just now because Brooke has also recently come out with an incredible coaching offer called Devoted, which is designed for the types of people that I just mentioned, but also really anybody who wants to be guided back to themselves and the healer within. If you're interested in exploring that, there's more information about that in the show notes and you'll find everything that you need to know in there. And other than that, some of the other things that we dive into in today's conversation are tapping into your creative power, feminine creativity, the relationship between the body and creativity, and how to give yourself the space to uncover what you're really passionate about. Before we dive in, I just still want to say that Brooke has such a soothing and nurturing and wise presence. And I feel like listening to her just feels like such a balm to the soul. So I hope that you enjoy listening to this interview just as much as I did when I was reviewing the footage. And with that said, let's dive into this beautiful conversation with Brooke Brassfield. You are such a beautiful, wise, and nurturing and powerful spirit. And I wanted to have you on the show today because I believe that cultivating a healthy and supportive relationship with ourselves and our spirits is such an important part of living a healthy, creative life and manifesting our creative intentions. And I feel that the work that you do, Brooke, with your clients really embodies that. And I also feel that the work that you do on yourself really embodies that. Um, just kind of witnessing you over the past year of knowing you I feel that you are someone who works on yourself with such intention and 
you set such a powerful and inspiring example in that way. So that's just my really lengthy way of saying thank you for agreeing to be on the show today and sharing some of your wisdom with me and the listeners. Yes, thank you. That was so, just so beautifully said. And I, yeah, I'm really grateful that you reflected that back to me. That means a lot. And I'm, and I'm super excited to be here and to share whatever I can possibly share. I feel like you're going to be sharing a lot of beautiful things. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a journey. So (laughs) that's for sure. Yeah, I know it has. And that's actually my first question because um, right now your work in the world is being a healer for the healer. And then I know that you're also a licensed clinical therapist and you also identify as being a spiritual guide. So can you share with us about how you got to where you are today? Yeah, of course. So it's, it's been an interesting journey. That's for sure. I, um, I started out, I grew up in, in Alabama. So I grew up in a very Southern town and, you know, all my family's still back there. And, but I always felt like there was something bigger for me but I wasn't quite sure what it was. And so I, I just took the steps that I thought I needed to take. You know, none of my, my neither of my parents went to college and they were always like, you need to go to college and get a degree and get a job. And that's just, that's what I needed to do. And so I was like, all right, so I'm going to go. I like graduated from high school, got my bachelor's degree, got my master's degree, went to work as a mental health and addictions therapist for about six or seven years And it got to the point where I was helping people every day and I love doing that. But even through that process, I still didn't know how to help myself. It was like, it's funny to me. I was telling someone this recently that I would read self-help books like for other people (laughs) (laughs) and like wouldn't read them for myself, even though I could see patterns in my life that needed to change, but I just wasn't ready for it at that time. Mm. And so it was like everything I was doing was for other people. And I had grew up that way. Like my brother was an active addiction. And so I was always kind of the the problem solver and the um, just kind of like the good girl. It's, it's interesting to think of it now because I've worked so much on that belief about myself and letting go of this thought that I have to be the good girl. And so I was in therapy, helping, serving people who are really sick for a long time. And I found that I was really great at my job. I was making good money, but I just wasn't happy. I felt like, again, that, that, that thought, that pull that there was something more, but I wasn't quite sure what it was. And I felt this pull to just do something different. And so things fell just fell in alignment for me. I found someone to work with because I'd been in and out of therapy for for years, so probably about a decade for abuse, some abuse stuff, some self-esteem, some body image, but I, I wanted someone to tell me what to do. I just wanted someone to be like, Brooke, <laughs> do this, read this, try this out, And really support me and be kind of a cheerleader for me. And that's when everything changed 
for me is when I finally found someone who is also invested in my success. And not that I didn't have people like that before. You know, I've always had my family's been really supportive of me. My, you know, I've had all of these supports, but to have someone in my corner that is saying, like, hey, Brooke, I'm really proud of you for working on yourself and for healing yourself and helping me along that path. That's when I was like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Because in therapy, I felt like there were so many restrictions placed on me. Mm. Um, Like I couldn't share that much about my history. Um, We're not allowed to like reach out to people outside of sessions. And there's just a lot of red tape. And I feel like the way that mental health and healing and people's lives, it's shifting into something more, more deeper, or at least that's what it looks like for me and with the clients that I work with. And so, you know, talking about creative manifestation, I, you know, my journey, I never really thought of myself as this creative person or this like creative manifester. But now that I've gotten into this, this role, and I'm helping people in a different way and, and really healing myself so I can therefore help other people heal themselves. Everything just feels so much more easy (laughs) and just so much more alive. And it took me a while to get there. You know, it wasn't always like this. And yeah, it was even maybe six months ago where I wanted to quit. I can remember texting some mentors I had and was like, I think I'm just done. Like there was really nothing coming in and there, I didn't really have any clients. I was low on money and I was getting ready to quit. And at the end of my email, my like old email address, it said, I have a quote that says, don't give up before the miracle happens. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I've had that there for, I've had that email for, you know, maybe seven years, like a long time. And I looked at it and was like, wow, am I really giving up before the miracle happens? And I feel like now I'm, I'm kind of in that miracle place and mm. it things are moving forward and it feels really good. And yeah, so I essentially started my business in May of 2019 Um, I stopped working for the treatment center I was working at. I dove into like life coaching and more, more direct practice with people. And I also did some therapy clients on the side. And then I got into healing and energetic healing and energetic management and really started to see myself as a highly sensitive person and empath and seeing how I can really take back the power of my energy because I was giving it to so many other people. And so I really had to learn how to take my power back, take my energy back, protect my energy and put myself first because I noticed if if I wasn't putting myself first, then I couldn't help anyone else and my relationships and my life would suffer. And that took a lot because I was always taught to put people before me And so that's like the healer for the healer. I mean, that's a lot of what I teach is like, how do we 
take care of ourselves first and heal ourselves first or in conjunction with healing someone else. Like I always tell my clients, like I'm healing and growing with you. This is, I always see myself as there's always another layer to peel back. There's always something else to heal. But I also see that as a beautiful thing and as a gift that I'm given to be able to do that. And so that's kind of where I've found myself here today is that healer for the healer and bringing in spiritual and energetic practices to really help people release anxiety and fear and to feel completely supported by their higher power, whether it's the universe or God or divine masculine, feminine, like it's really just catered to what works for someone because it's different. I believe it's different for every person. That is so beautiful. And there's just, there are so many juicy things in what you just shared right now. Um, Yeah, that was a lot. Sorry. (laughs) No, no, no. I, (laughs) these are exactly the kind of answers I'm hoping for. Beautiful. Um, So what are some of the energetic and spiritual practices that particularly resonate with you or that you have found are powerful for you and your clients? And I know it's different for everybody, but um, if there's any that stand out particularly, I'd love to hear about that from you. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a couple practices. I the two or the three main things that come up for me are the breath. So just the power Mm -hmm. of the breath. Um, I even taught that when I was working in the treatment center was really how to teach people how to breathe using their whole entire lung capacity, because so many of us just breathe from our chest. And so teaching people how to use the diaphragm to breathe that big, like muscle, right under the lungs and right above the stomach that just helps the breath move through the body. And so I teach a lot of that, how to, because our breath for me, it regulates my emotions. It regulates nervous system. It clears blockages and dense energy that I find within my body. It releases emotions that have been stuck for such a long period of time. It does so many things. So the breath is a practice that is huge for me. And I also see the breath as a spiritual practice because in, you know, in yoga communities, they talk about prana and prana being life force energy. And we get prana from the breath or we receive prana from the breath, I believe, because there's that life force energy around us. You know, the trees exude oxygen and we breathe that in. And so it's all of that just mixes together. And I think it's just so beautiful. And meditation or stillness. So finding those moments where I can be still with myself. Because I can remember there was a period of time where I had such a hard time with that. Mm. Like I would teach meditation and mindfulness to other people, but I wouldn't do it myself. And so now that I'm practicing, it's really helped me to just become a witness of myself. And I've also been taking that time now because I feel like where we're at now, or for me, there's a lack of 
action. Like it's hard for me to take action when I'm in my home most of the time. And, and so there's this lack of control that I have, or or maybe it's not control, but I'm not able to do much action for other people, how I used to, where I would go into like classes with people. So I teach yoga or I do a Reiki session with someone or like a healing session with someone. So in my stillness, I find that time to like pray or I find that time to send healing to people who I know might need that. So I also take that time to pray for myself, pray for the babe in my belly and pray for, mm-hmm. you know, in, at my community, the leaders in this world. And so I take that time to my clients. I mean, I essentially just think what, whoever comes to my mind, I just send them love and healing and happiness and joy and, and health. And so that's been huge for me. And so breath, meditation, stillness, and healing. So healing being like energetic healing. And the way that I think about that are, are, this, are the chakras. So the seven chakras within my system, within everyone. And I'll essentially go through each one and imagine those chakras clearing and opening up to receive whatever I need to receive, whether it's creative energy or whether it's abundance or whether it's joy and excitement and happiness, because I've suffered from periods of depression and anxiety in my life. So taking that moment just to clear those areas energetically within my body has been amazing and so, so helpful. Yeah. That's beautiful. And, um, I mean, I, I resonate with all of those practices and particular, particularly recently, I've also really been diving into breath work and I'm curious, do you teach a specific type of breath work or, um, a blend of different approaches? Mm -hmm. Yes. I teach a relaxation breath, which is a Mm -hmm. diaphragmatic breath. That's really just teaching us teaching our parasympathetic system, our rest and digest system to turn on. I'll teach that one. And I'll also teach, there's two different ones. One is a releasing breath that a lot of people will call it like holotropic or Mm. they'll call it a rebirthing breath. And essentially it's, it's one that we've done together before. Um, But yeah, it's, it's a rigorous, it's like a pretty rigorous breath, two inhales, belly, chest, and then exhale out the mouth. And it really just helps to break up emotions and trauma and energy within the body. So it just breaks things up. That's the way that I I see it for people. I see it as like a fire kind of moving around in the gut and in the belly where we hold a lot of our emotions. And so by the, with the exhale, we're releasing it all out. And our bodies respond to that. A lot of people will feel like they need to shake or they need to move. And I always encourage with the breath to move your body when you need to and allow whatever needs to come through, whether it's emotions or a scream or a moan or whatever, like let that come through. So those are a couple, a couple I teach. And I also do some just yogic breathing like Bestrika, which is a fire, fire breathing breath. So it helps to 
pull energy from the belly and to give people energy. Like if they feel like they have a lack of energy, then that's a really great one to do. It's, they also call it bellows breath or um, breath of fire. So actually I want to go back a little bit to something you said a few minutes ago about how you initially didn't identify as a creative person, but how that has since shifted for you. So I'm just curious to hear a little bit more about what that shift looked like. Mm, That's a great question. (laughs) It's funny. I always saw myself as like one of the guys ever since I was little. I, I, I got along with my dad really well. I got along with both my parents, but my dad and I were a lot alike and I took on this, the masculine, this masculine kind of essence is the way that I think about it now. And so I just always thought I had to be like one of the guys. And, and with that, I think I also took on this belief that being one of the guys meant that any kind of creativity was like not allowed. Those are the words that are coming to me right now, but I've actually never like said that out loud, which is interesting. Mm. Um, (laughs) So yeah. So it's like, I took on this role as like one of the guys and it was difficult for me to bring in like a feminine essence or femininity because it was never really shown to me. Um, And so I don't think I really knew what that was. And so it actually started coming to me in, in graduate school. I moved from Alabama to St. Louis and I started taking aerial arts actually, mm-hmm. um, which I loved. And it, it was just on a whim. I, it was my, I think 24th or 25th birthday or something. And, and I was like, I'm going to buy myself a class, just something fun, something different to do. And I bought myself um, a silks class. So, you know, like the fabrics that like you so you see beautiful people in Cirque du Soleil just like playing around on these fabrics and yeah, they're so beautiful. And so I took that and I like never stopped. So <laughs> I was, I did aerial arts for years and that's when I was like, oh, I can be creative with my body. And that's when a lot of energy centers and fascia, so like the muscles within my body were able to release like trauma and thoughts and these stories that I had to be a certain way that I had to be one of the guys. Like I didn't have to be that way. I could be a feminine, beautiful, creative woman with my body. And that is okay. Wow. This is, this is such a powerful story because it's so interesting how this transformation very much happened in your body and not in your mind. It's not like something shifted in your mind where you're like, oh, now I feel more connected to my creativity, but it was actually a physical transformation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cause now that I'm thinking about it, it, it was definitely, it started with my body and then I started to, see other women and their femininity, but not like the femininity that's like beautiful makeup and beautiful clothing. It was Mm -hmm. like this strong femininity. Like I can be a beautiful 
woman on the outside externally, but also really sensual and sensitive and creative. And I even remember, like, I even think of when I think of a woman like that, Leah, I actually think about you. Oh, (laughs) that is such a beautiful compliment. (laughs) And, but also, you know, like it's, um, it's just such a beautiful thing. Like it brings tears to my eyes where it's like, you have a very strong, powerful woman who knows exactly what she wants and what she's here to do. But then she's also able to be sensual and creative and, and beautiful on the inside and on the outside. And, but yeah, it it definitely started for me and my body and just allowing my body to move and to feel and touch my body in a way that felt good to me because I, I grew up very religious and Mm. Um, I never saw a woman in my life touch their body or be sec- like be sensual is the word that comes to mind or be intimate with their body. And so I was, I think I was always scared of my body. I think I just, I, yeah, I think it, I was scared. And now I feel like I know exactly what my body needs. I know like what it feels like. I know what feels good. I know what doesn't feel good and I'm able to be with my body. And that's something that is, is another gift that I have done a lot of work on and I will continue to do a lot of work on, especially as my body is changing as it's doing right now. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, oh, it's so interesting to go back and just kind of think about that. Yeah. On the topic of creativity and stepping into your creative power and also your your feminine creative power, your newest creation that you're putting out into the world is called Devoted, which you describe as a 90-day journey for the healer within. And I'd just love to hear a little bit more about that. Yes. So just hearing you say it gives me chill bumps. (laughs) Which is a great sign. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Because um, when I first started my business, I went with what other people were doing because I didn't really know what I was doing, right? I feel like a lot of us can kind of fall in that. We, or at least for me, I went with what my mentors told me and what I what I thought I felt really passionate about. But I didn't give myself any space to really figure out what am I passionate about? Like I thought I was giving myself space, but I really wasn't giving myself all the space that I needed and space for spirit to work through me. I think that's what I was missing for, for a little while on my journey there. And Recently, I think with diving deeper into my practices like breath and meditation and, and healing and also just getting out into nature, like nature is a huge thing for me, Hmm. um, as I know it is for you as well. Yes. So much. Yeah. (laughs) Especially lately. (laughs) Oh yes, definitely. But I've given my, given spirit a space to come in and to work through me. I mean, something I say every day, every morning is like, lead me, guide me, show me the way. And that's where all of this came from. And devoted is such 
a powerful word to me because it really is about, I will ask myself almost every day, what am I devoted to today? And seeing what comes up, because I think with a lot of people I work with, especially healers, or, you know, I think of a healer as anyone who is really in service to themselves and to others, whether they're a therapist or they're a doctor, you know, anyone like that, that takes on this role of serving other people, I see them as a healer. And a lot of times as healers, we can, it's so easy to become devoted to our ideal client or our our ideal patient. And it's so easy to get into serving, serving, serving. And a lot of times we can forget about ourselves and then there's burnout and then our energy centers get, get, um, heavy and dense. And then we feel unfulfilled and we feel, um, anxiety and fear come up within the system and within the body. And so devoted is really using me and the practices that I've built within my life to guide people back to themselves and back to the healer within, because I think we all have this inner healer. Yeah. Yeah. I just really believe that, but it's, it's cultivating that relationship with our own inner healer and knowing that we really can heal ourselves on all levels. Like, yes, it's great to have people work on our inner, on our energy and great to have people in our corner and to support us. But there's also a lot of things we can do within our own body and within our own internal systems. And so I created this really just from past clients I've worked with, because I mostly work with people who are helping other people. And it's really about what, you know, what are they devoted to and how do we build a deeper connection with the self to find that like, or like align again with that healer within. And it's just a really beautiful process. It's different for every person. um, But a lot of it is based in our mental processes, our emotions and feeling all of our emotions, connecting with the self energy management and clearing and cleansing and healing. And also I do a lot of inner child work. I've been doing a lot of that lately, which I love because mm-hmm. I've personally had to, I've personally done a lot of inner child work. And so it, that's what I love about what I do now is I can pull from so many different modalities and therapies and techniques that it's so person oriented or, um, like client centered is the word that comes to mind, but it's just so like oriented to whoever comes into my field at that moment. And that's what feels good for them. If devoted feels good for them, then like that's where we start. And it's very much catered to like each selective human being or each selective soul, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And, and at the same time, as well, you're pulling from practices and modalities that have really worked for you. And 
I was actually just having a conversation with my, hus- with my husband yesterday about how that's really the most powerful work, the, the things that we have learned and gone through ourselves. And when we share that with others, I feel like that's what really lands. Mm-hmm. Yes. And with creativity, I mean, that just bust open the door for me. Mm. Like where I'm not, I'm not in a box anymore. I felt like for a long time I was in a self-imposed box. Hmm. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. now I've like, t- I've taken a sledgehammer and I've essentially torn down the walls because I feel like it took that much effort from me. It, it was a laboring process and it took me a, a lot of support that I had to um, cultivate from others and support myself and nourish myself to tear down those walls. And it it was a journey, but I look at it now and, you know, people say that all the time. You kind of look back and you can see um, the things that needed to happen, but now I can see it and it brings so much joy and excitement and just the, the, the transformations and shifts I've seen with the people that I've been working with. Cause I started doing this with people probably about two months ago. It's Mm -hmm. just, amazing. And I mean, I can't even describe it sometimes that it's just one of those beautiful gifts that spirit is able to give through me. You know, I don't think I'm really doing anything. I think I'm (laughs) a conduit, you know, (laughs) I'm just here to like heal myself and um, really become one with this human body and this uh, 3d reality. And you know, but really I'm allowing something bigger to work through me. And do you know, yeah, yeah, I, I think that's such a big, big piece of creativity as well. And also what you just said about, you know, some of the things that have come out of um, you working with other people in this capacity, how they've been things that you couldn't really even imagine before. And I think I think there's really something to be said about we have the inspiration to put something out there, but then there's this other piece where we don't even really know what it's going to evolve into and how beautiful that can be. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't think that there was a part of me that thought I, I just wouldn't get there. Like, I, like something it wouldn't come to me. It, it just wasn't in in my plan and it just wasn't going to happen. And then I let go. I surrendered and was just like, give me guidance that needs to come through and show me what people, what my like soul clients need. Mm. And it took time. It wasn't like a immediate thing. It took time and it took a lot of patience. I feel like surrendering was the word that I chose for myself at the beginning of this year, but now that we're like halfway in, it's turning into patience. And (laughs) it's like so much patience. (laughs) And thank you for saying that because I think, you know, some things can manifest really quickly but then a lot of things do take time. And I think especially as women, we forget that, you know, 
when we have a baby, it takes nine months in the womb before it comes out. And, you know, I think we can apply the same concept to our creative creation sometimes. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because it's like the creation part of it, like that took time. But now that I've mm. found this creation that is really beautiful, it's like people are coming out of the woodworks. So that's, wow. the, you know, that's like the quick manifestation, I guess, or the, because I've been waiting for just people that I would that I would absolutely love to work with. And those people are coming into my space and I just find myself in so much awe and gratitude and joy because joy and excitement were two emotions that were really hard for me to find for a while there. Mm -hmm. So now that they're coming into my experience more frequently and more, um, yeah, more often I'm in awe and in a state of gratitude so much more. That's so beautiful. So if people want to learn more about Devoted and possibly work with you, where can they go? Yeah, so I will say the easiest way to, if they're interested at all, is to reach out to me. Mm-hmm. I love just starting conversations with people and really seeing what they need or, you know, what you need. And so people can reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram or email. I think I gave you my email. Yeah. I'll, I'll leave all this in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. So I love doing that. I love just starting conversations and hopping on calls with people and I'm finishing up a website link to devoted. My plan is to finish it by um, at least in a couple of days. So yeah, that will be, there will be a website link that'll be on my website. And I also do YouTube videos. So I do um, meditation. So there's free meditations that I offer via YouTube, but yeah, main thing, like if you just say, Hey, like this is, I've, I heard you on Leah's podcast and I'll pick up things from there. I just, I love meeting people and starting conversations and yeah. Cool. Yeah. And I'll also say for all the listeners out there, you have a really lovely YouTube channel. I've actually done some of your meditations and I feel they're really powerful and just coming from a very, the words that are coming to me are from a very pure and experienced place. So they're really worth trying out. Oh, thank you. That means yeah. so much. It really does. I mean, and, and they're not, um, what's the word? They're not edited or anything. So you're getting like the raw, <laughs> you're getting the raw me like in the flesh. <laughs> Which I think is great because they're like in, in real time, you know? <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. yes. I record it, whatever needs to come through and then I mm. post it. And um, But thank you. That means a lot to me. Yeah. Um, so the final question that I wanted to ask before we dive into our quick fire round is, so this podcast is called the creative manifestation podcast. And I know you've already touched on this a little bit, or you've touched on this throughout the interview, but 
Is there any advice that you have for our listeners who want to manifest their creative ideas and bring them to life? Hmm. Yes. (laughs) This sounds juicy. (laughs) I mean, I go back to that. Don't give up before the miracle happens. Yes. You know, it's just like cultivate that relationship with yourself cultivate that relationship with your higher power, whether it's nature or spirit or or whatever, whatever that is, is to you and be patient and it will come. Sometimes it comes really quickly. Sometimes it takes a little bit, a little bit of time, but it's there. And it's, I, I, I know that it's waiting for you. You know, that creative idea, that creative um, project, it's there for each and every one of us. And it really just takes us to cultivate that relationship within, you know, that healer within or whatever warrior within, whatever you want to come up with and, and listen, you know, just really, really listen and yeah, don't give up before the miracle happens because it's there. And it's such a beautiful thing when it comes to life in front of your eyes. I think that's such great advice. And I'm glad you brought it back to don't give up before the miracle happens, which I have never seen that quote, but I love it. And I'm going to put yeah. it in my back pocket. And <laughs> and it's really true. I have to say there have been so many moments in my life, both in my creative work and just in my life in general, where like just when I reached that point where I thought I couldn't wait anymore, like you described as well, like just after that, whatever I was intending to bring into creation came into creation. So there's really so much truth to that. All right. Are you ready for a quick fire round, Brooke? I don't know. I think so. <laughs> I think no, you're ready. ready. I'm ready. Yes. Yes, yes. All right. First question. What is your favorite creativity inspiring snack? <gasps> oh, goodness. I don't know why gummy bears came to mind. I'd never eat gummy bears. But, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Maybe it's the pregnancy. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Oh, that's hilarious. Actually, it's probably like cheese and crackers and grapes because I love just little little munchies. Yes. Mm. Yeah. All right. When is your peak creative time? In the morning, afternoon, evening, or at night? Morning, for sure. I love the morning. Me too. Yeah. Hikes or beach walks? Ooh. Ooh, 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 ooh. That's a hard one. I love hikes and I will say hikes because I live in the middle of the United States. So it's about the best I can get right now. But I also was on the beach last week and I love a good beach walk, but hikes, I would say is number one right now. Okay. These are only going to get more difficult. I think (laughs) Ariel or yoga Ariel for sure. Okay. Donuts or cinnamon rolls. Oh, Oh gosh. Donuts. 
I had a feeling <laughs> just from watching enough. you on Instagram and you post about donuts occasionally. So. <laughs> I love donuts. They're like the best. <laughs> Me too, Brooke. I love them too. Oh gosh. Chocolate or coffee? Coffee. What kind of music stirs your creativity? I really like this playlist on Spotify. It's called Deep Focus. Mm, I think I know it. I love that. I listen to it constantly when I'm in a creative mode. But it's like, um, yeah, it's, it, if you haven't listened to it, check it out. But it's great. I'm going to leave that in the show notes for, for the listeners. Yeah, it's good. What feeds your creative soul? Oh, my gut. My oh. intuition. Mm. Yeah. I love oh, that. Yeah. And finally, what does creativity mean to you? Freedom. I know that's very short, but creativity to me means freedom. Like freedom from that box freedom from my own mind sometimes freedom within my body freedom within my movement my spirit my emotions is freedom beautiful thank you so much for being on the show brooke thank you for having me this is so wonderful you are so welcome you are so welcome